Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome. Welcome. To Warriors Wrap-Up. Wrap-Up. Curry takes another three. It's up and good! He's got 62! On 95-7, the game. Pass to Wiseman off the pick, and he flies in for a dunk. Jam! Oh, by Oubre! He caught it right at the restricted area and slammed it home with a left hand. Here's John Dickinson and Ryan Covey. Covey. 21-12, Atlanta. Wiggins has the handle. Between the legs twice. Waits, bounce pass in traffic to Draymond. Poole cuts through. Now Wiggins goes backdoor. Beautiful feed and a dunk. That was nice. Back up a back cut with a back cut. I like that. One of the few bright spots for the Golden State Warriors in this ballgame tonight as the Hawks come into Chase Center, the final team in the NBA to make a first appearance inside Chase Center against the Golden State Warriors, and they walk out with a 124-108 to win over the Dubs. Golden State now has dropped four consecutive ball games, nine of 12 overall, and are one and six on the season without Stephen Curry. Uh, the Warriors are now two games under 500 for the first time since game two of the regular season. You got to go all the way back to December the 25th. That's right, December the 25th, Christmas night when the Warriors were blown out in Milwaukee after getting blown out against the Brooklyn Nets in the season opener, and they were 0-2 on the season. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. That is the phone number to participate in the program if you want to weigh in on this one. It was ugly for the Golden State Warriors tonight. The defensive effort was atrocious, to say the least. Uh, just no rotation, not making themselves felt uh, on the, the defensive side. The Hawks pretty much had their way with the Warriors at every turn, inside and out, uh, in this basketball game tonight. Uh, and it comes on the heels of a similar effort and performance on the defensive side of the ball last night in Sacramento, where the Kings hung 141 points on the Warriors in what was a 22-point win for Sacramento. And look, here's the deal. The Warriors now find themselves in a position where they're 10th in the Western Conference at 22-24, and 24, and they're only a game and a half ahead now of Sacramento. They're two games ahead right now of the Pelicans and the Thunder, 
who are in 12th and 13th uh, in the Western Conference, and they got to play another game on Monday night uh, after a weekend without a game against the Chicago Bulls team uh, that's improving and improved themselves at the trade deadline uh, with Stephen Curry's return still some point out uh, on the horizon. Now, I know Steve Kerr said before the ball game that, that Steph is progressing well, and uh, we'll see if he's able to get uh, on the practice court uh, for the Warriors before they take on Chicago and then maybe any practice that the team would have before they hit the road and head for the East uh, where they're going to be taking on uh, the Miami Heat this Thursday to open up that trip. It's Miami, it's Toronto and Tampa uh, on a back-to-back next Thursday and a week from tonight. Then they go to Atlanta, uh, and then uh, they're back home uh, after that uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. But uh, the bottom line here is, and look, at some point, the Warriors, it was always going to look like this in terms of the one loss record at some point if Stephen Curry had to miss an extended stretch. That's just reality. And the Warriors are now one and six without Stephen Curry on on the year. They held themselves together that first night in Memphis basically because of a a hot shooting night. Uh, They almost grinded their way to a second win. They got down big against Philadelphia before uh, having a comeback in the mid-portion of that game against the Sixers, but couldn't finish it down the stretch. And at some point, a team playing without a superstar, you can keep it together for a game, you can hold it together for two, you can maybe make it look okay for three, but at some point, whether it's the fourth game or the fifth game, the dam is going to break and the floodgates are going to open and the team is going to go into uh, an extended slide. We saw it with this team last year without Stephen Curry in the year they went and and won 15 games in a 65-game schedule due to COVID. And at this point, uh, we're, we're seeing it again. And look, fans can quibble all they want about bad defense, poor effort, Kerr's rotation, offensive schemes, roster composition. We can get into all of that if you want. And it's all fair game. It's all fair game. It's all valid. But the overarching issue in this whole thing for the Warriors is the fact that this is a less talented team. This current group, without Stephen Curry, and it's clear Draymond Green wasn't 100% tonight. He didn't play last night. Been dealing with illness. But this current group that's taken the floor, without Steph, is the least talented, you know, it's the lesser of the talented teams on a night-in, night-out basis against probably 25 to 28 or 29 teams in the league. It, it would be a bottom five team in the NBA if they had to play with this squad every single night without Stephen Curry. So I, I think it's catching up with them now. And look, this team's more talented than last year's squad, top to bottom, and they've got more pieces that, that are legitimately being able to develop you know, and be developed. This isn't Kai Bowman uh, you know, trying to get run and figure out what he has. This isn't Jordan Poole looking somewhat lost in, in year one of his career. There's more legitimate talent to be developed on this team, but the reality of it is for the Warriors, the longer they had to play without Steph, at some point it was going to start to look ugly. And that doesn't mean they are, are going to lose every single game. That doesn't mean they're not going to compete in some games. But just in terms of the one-loss record, uh, it, it, it's going to catch up with them, and you're seeing it catch up with them 
I think, over the course of the last couple of nights, which have been extremely ugly. Now, that being said, the effort level defensively the last two nights is unacceptable. And I'll put it right out on the table. The Warriors are going to have to get Stephen Curry back, and they're going to have to get Stephen Curry back here in pretty short order after he misses the game on Monday night against Chicago if they want to make a run. Otherwise, this team isn't making a run, flat out. Uh, Otherwise, the Sacramento Kings or the New Orleans Pelicans or the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to pass them and and wind up in the play-in tournament. Uh, And again, that's if Steph Curry is unable to come back. The flip side to this thing is if they can get a win or, or just get Curry back on the floor by six days from now when they start this road trip, there's enough schedule left. There's enough home games left at the end of the season where this team actually could still develop and get on a little bit of a run, eke out a slightly above 500 record, and find themselves in the play-in tournament where I think nobody would want to play them if they're playing well and get into that play-in tournament with Stephen Curry, uh, with Draymond Green, with the Kelly Oubre, with an Andrew Wiggins. So it's not all lost, but it's all about to be lost if Stephen Curry can't get back on the floor because we've already seen what this Warriors team looks like when Stephen Curry isn't on the floor for an extended period of time. It's 15-50 and 50 last year, and it's 1-6 this year. So again, 888-957-9570 will open up the phone lines, and everything is fair game. And the defensive effort tonight bordered on unacceptable, but let's just put the, the reality on the table here uh, in, in terms of what the situation is. All right, Richard in Belmont is going to get us tipped off here on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Richard? You're on Warriors Wrap-Up uh, with J.D. tonight. Yeah, not too much. Um, <clears throat> my comment is that the players want to play. You know, they want to be defensive stop. <clears throat> I mean, it's just, you know, drives to the basket, but they don't know how to play defense. Paul, Mannion, Weisman are not, don't have the experience or the knowledge to play NBA defense, and as a unit, they don't know how to do it, and I don't think it's something you're going to solve in the next 15, 20 games. I think if you start those three, you're going to see more mistakes and more losses than you're going to see wins, and I think you start those three, you will not make the playoffs even with Curry. I just don't see them as being able to play defense, so they don't know how. Watching. Thanks, Richard. Appreciate the call. Richard and Belmont checking in. That's a great point. Uh, I think the media and Steve Kerr, and it was a big portion of his postgame press conference, which we will play for you coming up here momentarily, but you look at the Warriors, and they're trying to figure out the answers as to why they've struggled so mightily defensively, what's changed. You thought maybe Draymond getting back in there tonight would, would change things, and, and they'd be a little bit better tied together. Uh, but the reality right now is that what Richard mentioned, more Nico Mannion, who is not a plus defender by any stretch, more Jordan Poole, who can score the basketball but has not played well defensively, and more James Wiseman, uh, those are three negative defenders uh, just on the plus-minus column, just flat out at this point, And I think James Wiseman will be a good defender at some point in his career, but right now he's a negative defender, and he's still trying to figure out where to be, and he's still trying to figure out how not to foul, 
and he's still trying to figure out, I, I think, the speed of the NBA game both ways. So those three players playing significantly more minutes as they have does hurt the Warriors' defense. I think that's a big part of what's going on, and it leads me back to what was a big theme of the show last night and I think will be a theme of the show tonight, and that's this is what development looks like. This is what player development looks like. It means that players are going to get out there and have their ups and downs and struggle, and at times those struggles are going to make the play on the floor look pretty ugly, and without Stephen Curry there to tie everything together and give the team a jolt, it's going to be hard for them to win basketball games. That's just that's just the truth of the matter. So when you make the decision as an organization that Jordan Poole and Nico Mannion are going to play, that's fine, and I understand the reasoning behind it. I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, the Warriors need to see what they've got in, in those two. They need to see what they've got in James Wiseman, who figures to be a, a big part of what will ultimately the Warriors are hoping uh, can be a team that can contend again at the top half of the Western Conference. But he's got to get out there and make mistakes and learn and grow and get better. And the only way he's going to do it is by going through the rough times now. And that means the Warriors are going to continue maybe as a team to go through more of the rough times. Tenderloin Dad in San Francisco is up next here. Hey, Tenderloin Dad. What's up, man? Hey, J.D. Happy Friday. Hey, I just want to comment on the Warriors. And, J.D., I have to say you came out of this show firing I really agree with everything that you're saying in the sense that this is what we have to expect. We're going to have Nico Mannion on the floor. We're going to have Jordan Poole. We're going to have, you know, Wiseman out there with all of their growing pains. And I also liked what you said coming out of the table. We are coming out, you know, coming into the show that we need to put the rat on the table. This season has been from the beginning about developing this roster. This wasn't about making the playoffs or trying to make that run because we all knew that. But I think what seems to have happened is that people have been caught up in the Warriors media and caught up in this sense that, oh, we need to do this. We need to make the next move. We need to push as far as we can go. And they forgot that this roster does not have that. And I think it's just, I think it's gone a little out of hand. It's gone to the point where Steve Kerr has taken time in a press conference to call out a member on the Warriors Outsiders. Like, what's that about? And we've completely forgotten about this. This is the product we're going to see, and we need to get used to it. This is a development year. And anyone who's saying otherwise has not been paying attention to basketball. Thank you so much for the show, J.D. You have a wonderful night. I am out. All right, appreciate it, Tenderloin Dad. I actually disagree with you a little bit there because I do think the Warriors have gone back and forth in terms of the messaging, and they've tried to have their cake and eat it too. And, and, I, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, they came out of the gate, and James Wiseman started on opening night in Brooklyn. And the first two games of the year for Wiseman, he played pretty well against Brooklyn and, and against Milwaukee on, on Christmas Day. Now, the Warriors didn't win either of those games, but one of the bright spots coming out of those first couple of games was Wiseman. I think the goal has always been to make the playoffs. That, that, I, that I will push back strongly against. But I think when Stephen Curry goes down 
and you make the decision as an organization that you're going to use that time to really play the young guys, and Nico Mannion's going to become the backup point guard, a job that, that he earned because, in part, Brad Wanamaker didn't get the job done, and that's why Brad Wanamaker got traded. Uh, Nico Mannion offensively, I think, has been a pleasant surprise, to be perfectly honest. He's shot the basketball better than expected. Uh, I think he's maybe shot the basketball so well that that he isn't necessarily passing it as much as maybe he would have anticipated uh, him doing so in in his early tenure with the team. But he'd have five assists tonight, and and he clearly has a command of of NBA offense. So offensively, there's no problem with Nico Mannion. It's defensively where it gets a little bit rough. It's the same thing with Jordan Poole. Offensively, Jordan Poole, and he had 15 points tonight, five of 11. Uh, Maybe you want to see a few more shots from Jordan Poole on a, on a night like tonight, uh, three of six when he's in the lineup for, for Stephen Curry. But defensively, it's not pretty for Jordan Poole. Uh, so when you make – I get the twists and turns, but I don't think that should be construed as not trying to make the playoffs. What I'm getting at is if Stephen Curry doesn't come back soon – and this group has to continue to play. You know, if we're talking about this current group having to play the Chicago Bulls, and then you know, let's just say hypothetically, Stephen Curry doesn't come back in Miami, and he doesn't play in Tampa against the Toronto Raptors, and he doesn't play in the rematch on Easter Sunday, April the fourth, against the Atlanta Hawks, and the Warriors at that point win one of their next four games. And then you're talking about a team that's, what, 23 and 27 at that point? Uh, so, you know, then you're right there in the thick of the of the muck when it comes to Sacramento and the Pelicans and, and maybe OKC and, and, and all of those teams. And then you're fighting for a playoff spot from that point moving forward. Now, look, you still probably would have a shot. You'd still be maybe tied or, or within a game or two either way of whatever that group becomes to try and sneak in and get the 10 spot. So you'd still have a shot to do it, uh, but it's going to become increasingly difficult the longer that Steph has to be out. So it, it's twofold for me. It's it, the, the messaging, I think, has kind of gone back and forth. At times, there's been a premium on on winning and making sure that that this team has the best opportunity to win. But as certain pieces have been taken away, I think the Warriors have almost flipped the goal uh, at, at times over six to eight game stretches. But no, I, I really think not until the All-Star break did the Warriors make more of a conscious effort to say, hey, player development is going to be a primary focus. But I still think they thought with Stephen Curry, they would be able to contend for the playoffs and be fine and get into the play-in tournament and maybe even have a shot to push for the seventh spot. I mean, I'm looking at the standings right now, and the Warriors, even at 22 and 24, the Mavericks are, are 23 and 20. So, I mean, you look at that, and Warriors are, what, two and a half games off the pace of being seventh. And we've seen the Warriors and the Mavs uh, play head-to-head a couple of times this year, and the Warriors can absolutely hang with them or beat them. Uh, they blew them out in the first matchup, and then... They damn near beat him the, the next night with Stephen Curry going off uh, in Dallas in front of a, a national tele, you know, TV audience. So 
Like, they could beat the Mavs if they had to beat the Mavs in a one-off. So, again, the point that I'm getting at is all is not lost, but this group that has to play right now, if they have to continue to play another seven games without Steph Curry, two and five, one and six, that that's on the table. And then at that point, what are you left playing for? 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570 as the Warriors lose tonight to the Atlanta Hawks, 124-108. to So the Dubs have dropped four consecutive games. They've dropped 9 of 12 now since they were at their high watermark of the season, which was four weeks ago tonight. Four weeks ago tonight, the Warriors were 19-15, and 15, coming off a home win against Charlotte. Then they went and took on the Lakers, got blown out in that one down at Staples Center, let the one slip away against the Blazers uh, before the break, and then went to Phoenix and punted on that game by giving Steph and, and Draymond the night off. Uh, player development kind of a game there. They get blown out in Phoenix, and then they come out of the gate primed to give James Wiseman uh, a greater role, and he gets hung up in the COVID protocols, and and, and that sets him back for a, a week at that point in time. But look, the Warriors even bounce back from that little stretch. Uh, they they beat the Jazz in, in one of their more impressive wins uh, of the season, got it handed to them by the Lakers, and then went to Houston and won. And at that point, you're thinking, all right, the Warriors are still in a position where they can – push forward from 500 and Steph Curry goes down. And at that point, the ball game changes for the Warriors because Steph goes down and you're thinking at first it's going to be a one or a two game thing. And now here we are, what, one, two, three against Philly, four. Now we're five games into this thing uh, as far as the Warriors not having Steph Curry and he's still not coming back on Monday night. And the more this team has to play without him, uh, the, the more difficult it gets for them to find a pathway uh, to get a win. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. We'll hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr. Uh, all of the pertinent questions relating to this one were asked and answered. That's coming up next. Also, who's hot and who's not uh, as the Warriors lose to the Hawks, 124-108. to You heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now it's slow motion move down the lane to the rim. Blocked by Wiggins. Wiggins knocked it away from behind. Takes it to the front court. Finds Oubre Jr. He'll drive in. Goes up. Got fouled. And it rolled in. Bucket good for Oubre Jr. Little foul money there for Kelly. He's got a chance for a three-point play. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey on 95.7 The Game. Final segment. John Dickinson rolling on here as the Hawks beat the Warriors 124-108. Golden State with the weekend off, an off day tomorrow. They'll practice on Sunday. They'll take on the Chicago Bulls on Monday before hitting the road for a stretch as they'll be headed to Miami to take on the Toronto Raptors in Tampa, and then uh, they'll take on the Atlanta Hawks before coming home, and uh, they're going to go at it against the Milwaukee Bucks in the next home game following the ball game on Monday night. Wasn't this supposed to be the easier stretch of the schedule for the Warriors? I kept hearing that. I may have even said it two or three times uh, that the easier stretch was supposed to be coming, uh, although all of a sudden that coincided with Stephen Curry going down, and that completely negates any semblance of an easier stretch because, as we saw last year and is now indicated by the Warriors' overall record of 1-6 and six without Stephen Curry, this is a much different basketball team when he's unable to play. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Let's go ahead and hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, uh, following this ball game uh, as he addressed the poor defense uh, and obviously the absence of Stephen Curry starting to take a toll. Steve, what do you think the uh, biggest defensive issue was tonight? You name it. I mean, we, we they got anything they wanted. Uh, Anthony, you know, they made threes, they scored in the paint, they got offensive boards, and they're, you know, they're a good team. They, they, they spread you out, and they got shooters everywhere, and Capella's a load. So we just never had any uh, any traction uh, defensively, and uh, that's two nights in a row that that's happened. So disappointing for a team that's been very good defensively all year. We're definitely in a, in a, in a funk at that end of the floor right now. What's your concern level with just the general effort? Well, I think we've lost a little confidence confidence to uh, last couple games it just feels like the guys have have let that affect them you know it, it, there's we're gonna have to dig our way out of it that's the bottom line we're gonna have to climb out of the hole and the only way you do that is by fighting and they, they've they've got to have a little more confidence as a group and they're gonna have to fight fight their way out of it together but I'm confident that that will happen did back-to-back nights of defensive struggles kind of surprise you knowing how well your team tends to bounce back the next day uh yeah yeah it's surprising you know, but it's been a tough couple of days, obviously. A tough stretch for us, a little bit undermanned. And obviously without Steph, you know, we lose some some of our leadership and our uh, our swagger as a team. And then, of course, last night without Draymond against a really good offensive team, you know, we got we got uh, 
staggered. And I thought that carried over to tonight. The defensive issues kind of stretch beyond the last two games. I know there was some COVID protocols and some injuries that you guys were dealing with, but is there anything else that you kind of look at as an issue? Yeah, I mean, you're right, Wes. It has been, you know, more than just the last two games. I mean, since the break, our, our defense has has not been great. So, yeah, it, it, this is a, a, a tough spell for us. You know, it's a tough stretch. And um, I think, frankly, I think we miss Steph and the confidence that he brings to the group right now. Offense and defense are connected, even though we're really focused on the defensive end. And the offense, you know, the numbers are fine the last couple of nights. You know, we're shooting fine and scoring fine, but we haven't been in the game at all. So I think more than anything, it's this is just a tough stretch. We're in a we're in a funk. You know, this is this is what happens in the NBA. You know, you're uh, you're going to go through difficult periods, and you got to figure figure out how to get out of it. And that's what we have to do right now. Steve, when you're playing without Steph, as you have have been lately, can you guys have success when Draymond isn't looking for his offense? We win games when he scores. We win games when he doesn't score. Tonight it was was not his best night. He was not feeling well at all. I can tell you that. He he literally gutted it out to, to play tonight, and I admire him for that. You know, I, I think we, we can we can point at anything, but the, the only thing that matters to me is our, our defense because that has to be what we hang our hats on. We're not a team that has a ton of shooting. We know that uh, we have to be able to get stops and and run out of transition and and score and get some easy baskets. But we have not been getting those stops, so um, that's that's the only concern for me, really. Uh, Steve, James appeared to be more calm today, more not pressing the issue on an offense, more with a, within a flow. What did you see from him today? Yeah, James did a good job. You know, he got he got some minutes and he he scored and felt more comfortable out on the floor for sure. And I think this is all just part of the process. Well, I'm going to probably have to say this every day, but it's just going to take time and reps and he needs to see the pictures and feel the speed of the game. And he needs to do it over and over and over again, because that's the only way to, 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 to get where he wants to go and where we want him to be. From, from Italy. I'm curious about Nico Mannion. I think he's progressing quickly and I'm curious about your, you know, what, what, what are you seeing from him? Yeah, Nico's doing a good job. You know, he's earning minutes and he's leading our team and he plays hard. You know, he's a competitor. He gets into the ball defensively and he's shot the ball really well, you know, since he came back from Orlando. So Nico's doing a nice job. Steve, earlier this season, you guys won some games with grit and there has been a total absence of it, it seems like, the last couple of nights. How, do, how does the team restart that part of the game? Because for this team, it, it really has to have that to have a chance. Yeah, no, grit is everything for us, Monty. That's uh, that's what translates defensively, and that's what gives you a chance. And, and really, we've been good defensively all year. So we're, we're in a funk. And as I said, the offense and the defense connect and the confidence connects. I think, you know, usually you, you um, equate confidence uh, with the offensive side of the ball. I think we've lost a little confidence defensively. The only way to get out of it is to compete like crazy and, and uh, grind out a win and, and feel better about things. So that's, that's what we have to do. You mentioned losing confidence there defensively. I'm just, I, I guess I'm curious what like a confident defense would look like. Uh, Much more active, engaged, louder. I think you hear uh, a confident defense sometimes, uh, especially in these empty stadiums, you can hear guys talking or maybe not. A team that's lacking confidence is, is not trusting its rotations and trusting each other. And there's no, no communication. And that's been the case the last couple of nights. All right, so Steve Kerr there uh, talking about the Warriors being in a funk and losing confidence defensively. Uh, also, the leadership and swagger hurt 
without obviously having their best player on the floor in Stephen Curry and the connection between the offense and defense. I think that's a great point by Steve Kerr. When when your offense is flowing and you're humming, you're more apt to, to be connected and have an energy that translates defensively. And as we've seen with this Warriors team a lot through this season, when they're playing at a high level defensively, it gets them out and, and gets them running and easy buckets and the tempo gets ramped up and it leads to more of an offensive flow on the on the on that side of the ball so I I think the two do go hand in hand and you know Steph provides a a lot of of the confidence and swagger for everybody he holds this team up Uh, there's a reason that he's a two-time MVP and was playing still, I think, uh, when the Warriors were, were winning uh, at an MVP level here, really up until right before the, the All-Star break when he had a couple of games where he struggled and took that final game off. I mean, he was playing at an MVP level, and he was just starting to get some run as far as the conversation goes because the Warriors were winning enough to where the play was starting to get noticed and and attached to, oh, look at the Warriors. They're 19 and 15. Well, he struggled a a little bit for a couple of games going into the break, nothing major. And then coming out of the break, the Warriors have have now dropped, going back to those final three games, 9 of 12. Uh, and, And then he's been out here for the last handful of games. So that conversation goes away. But uh, it, it's offense leading to defense and defense leading to offense and, and, and both of those uh, working hand in hand that I think has, has got the Warriors uh, a little bit off kilter at, at this point in time. And look, I mean, the other part of it is the other part of it is uh, Draymond Green. I mean, that was a Draymond gutting it out second of the back back to back. You figured the defense was going to be a lot better, but he he didn't look right tonight to me at any point uh, in, in this ball game. Uh, no field goal attempts for the first time since 2013. He was a minus 23, uh, and, yeah, doesn't even take a shot uh, in this ball game tonight. Uh, did have nine assists. And, and, look, there's just been more and more games for Draymond Green over the course of this season, just time to time, that just pop up where it just looks like he just doesn't have it for for whatever reason. And, you know, I think that's the one thing, as great a player as Draymond Green has been during his career, that's the one thing that you do have to start to account for as time moves on and as we start to project, hey, how's this team going to look next year? How's this team going to look two years from now? And it's not that Draymond can't be and play at an extremely high level. He still is capable of being an outstanding defender and his playmaking has been exceptional. A lot of nights where he's not looking to score, yes, but at the same time, it's just the frequency by which he plays that elite, I'm going to put my imprint on the game on both sides and refuse to allow this team to lose working in conjunction with Stephen Curry those nights are still there but they're fewer and farther between and I think some of that is just age some of that is circumstances with with this team maybe not being overall as talented as it was two years ago as it was three years ago as it was four years ago and five and six years and so on 
when the Warriors were winning championships and or contending for championships uh, and then uh, obviously uh, working their way, you know, back down the the mountain a little bit in that final year of, of Kevin Durant where they couldn't quite get uh, over the hump. So I, I think the, the decline is there and where you see the decline comes in terms of consistency, but there's also just been a lot of these nights where physically this year, uh, and I know Draymond didn't want to get into it and he's been asked about it and, and he's, he, hasn't talked about it a lot and that that's his right. And, and, you know, it's a, it's a personal thing with him. Uh, but, but he clearly has had, uh, I think some, some physical, you know, issues as many players have had, uh, due to the health and safety protocols. Uh, and, and I mean, going back all the way to, to training camp as far as, as Draymond, you know, goes and, and it's just popped up, you know, energy level things on, on different nights. And I think the age old question, as far as Draymond and I think sometimes fans bristle at it. Like, is he taking nights off? Does he just not have it? Is he lost a step? I think at times it's maybe a combination of all of it. And, you know, one thing when you start to fast forward toward next year and whether this Warriors team is going to be able to, to level up and get back to a championship contending level, it's can Draymond Green find it at closer to that 2019 or 18 level again even if it's just for a year or even if it's just for a year and a half can can he roll the clock back a little bit it, it's not going back to 16 it's not going back to 15 but can it go back to 19 can it go back to 18 can it get in, in can it can there be more consistency as far as that level of play next season and maybe the next two seasons as they still have Steph and Clay and Draymond maybe for one more year back into the prime. That's one of those key questions. It's it's impacting things right now, uh, and it it's also going to have the ability to impact things moving forward. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Warriors wrap up on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson here with you as the Hawks beat the Warriors 124-108. to So Golden State now. 22-24 and 24, uh, on the season. They've got the Chicago Bulls in on Monday, uh, and then they're going to hit the road here. Uh, still no Stephen Curry in that ball game for the Warriors on Monday night. Uh, let's get to who's hot and who's not uh, tonight uh, for the Warriors. Uh, Andrew Wiggins tonight, uh, 29 points, 10 of 19 in 33 minutes. He knocked down four of seven from three. Wiggins gets the nod as the who's hot player of the night. And look, this game was not as close as the final score would indicate. And the final margin was 16 at 124 to 108. A big part of the reason why it didn't get really ugly uh, or more ugly was the fact that Andrew Wiggins was was scoring the basketball and knocking down shots tonight. So uh, who's hot, who's not sponsored by Exergen. Because accuracy matters, or who's hot tonight is going to be Andrew Wiggins for the 10 of 19 in 33 minutes. Uh, as far as who's not, uh, Kelly Oubre Jr., a 5 of 13 for Oubre in this ballgame. Uh, and uh, kind of an odd couple of days for, for Kelly Oubre. Uh, he was 8 for 17 in the game last night in, in Sacramento. Uh, obviously, the, the odd post-game 
press conference uh, comments from him last night and, and the back and forth with Nick Friedel about the future and whether he'd talk to the organization and and what's going on as far as his willingness to maybe start uh, or not start. Uh, and, you know, I think the trade deadline can be difficult for a number of, of players and players that think maybe they're going to be going elsewhere and at times you see it takes a couple of games for, for players to just relax and hone in and go, okay, I'm going to be here the rest of the year. Now I'm going to get my game back. And I, I feel like this team as a whole has played these last couple of ga- these last couple of days like uh, a, a team that's, that's a little bit, you know, had been a little bit nervous or been carrying a weight of struggles and trade deadline and what's going to happen and speculation and their superstar is out. And I think it's all kind of caught up with them a little bit. And I think that's part of what Steve Kerr was getting at uh, in that post-game press conference. So uh, that's who's hot and who's not uh, sponsored by Exergen because accuracy matters. Let's get to Bobby in the city. Bobby is up next here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. What's up, Bobby? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Hello? Yeah, we got you, Bobby. Okay? Yep. Loud and clear, brother. Yeah. Yeah, this this season's been tough overall, but I actually kind of, like, I'm on the same boat with Kerr. Like, the, this season over last season, obviously, just, like, watching the development of the players, it's actually been a lot more enjoyable compared to uh, KD's last year. But what I wanted to ask you guys is a lot of people, like in the Twitter sphere, the Warriors Twitter, they've been coming down Kerr's road. I could see it to the point where, like, do you, what do you guys feel about Kerr's rotations and how he's not so flexible? Like, for instance, Curry plays first quarter, rest second quarter, plays all the third quarter. But – Shouldn't a coach be more flexible in the sense, like, each game has its own life? And, you know, kind of just switching that up a little bit. What do you guys feel about that? And then also I feel Wiseman, do you think he can take that jump from year one to year two? I really feel like he needs to add a lot of strength. When I looked up, like, comparing his first and second year or uh, Dwight Howard's, uh, first to second year progression. Points are about the same, around 15 points, but his rebounds was really strong. Do you think Wiseman, because I see a lot of these like six rebound games from him, does he have the potential to make that jump from year one to year two? Because I feel like that's going to be crucial for us. Um, and lastly, if you guys are the GM, Ubre. Is he a piece that can elevate us to that title contention if Clay's healthy and Wiggins is back? What do you guys think? Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for the call, Bobby. Uh, I'll answer all of them, and I'll go back. Uh, I'll I'll answer the the last one first. As far as Kelly Oubre goes, you got to either sign him or find a sign and trade partner if he winds up finding another team that he wants to go to that's willing to pay him. You have to use that roster slot to get somebody that's going to be a rotation-level player. I keep kind of going back and forth on Oubre. I I was of the belief initially I I like him as a sixth man. I would have wanted to have brought him in had Klay Thompson been healthy. I know the Warriors, at least Steve Kerr, has hinted at the fact that the Warriors were not going to bring him in 
if Clay Thompson hadn't gotten hurt on on draft night. Uh, but to me, how you get back to being at a championship contending level is you bring Clay back and you put him with Curry and now you got Wiggins and it's Draymond and you got to develop Wiseman and then you got Oubre as a sixth man. Like that to me is a team that with other moves as well, uh, I think you need another backup big man that probably currently isn't on this roster in addition to Kevon Looney if you're going to keep him. I think you need a veteran backup point guard uh, as well, and you know, make that your top eight with maybe Jordan Poole being your your next guy that can come in and be some instant offense as a ninth guy. Kick Damian Lee and and Kent Bazemore, those guys down to more spot players, you know, nine and ten, ten and eleven guys that maybe don't play on a night and night out basis, but you can put out there for for six to eight minute stretches when you need a lift or they become depth on a night where you've got some injuries and then they become players that don't have to go from 6th and 7th to starting, but they can go from ninth or 10th into 6th or 7th roles because you'd have whoever your veteran backup point guard is maybe step in if Steph is out. You'd have Kelly Oubre step in for Clay Thompson if he needs a night off because he's working his way back into form. So I think... I think Ubre would be among the options, but the one thing you can't do is let Kelly Ubre leave, and then you don't get anything for him. I do think Wiseman can make the jump, uh, absolutely. I, I think from year one to year two, I mean, the guy had played three college games. Uh, He's basically a high school player coming into this year, so I'm. I think Wiseman could make the jump. It was another clunky night. He continues to look so much more comfortable when he faces up and drives, or he shoots a three or he gets the ball in transition. I mean, at one point, he was leading the break, and, and it wound up leading to a miss. But he's got a confidence and a swag to his game when he's leading the break. And, and it's these non-traditional big situations for Wiseman where he just looks more comfortable. So I think the Warriors need to maybe find some spots to where they can get him the ball and let him shoot a couple of threes a game because he seems to like doing it. Run some pick and roll where he can get the ball with a head of steam, maybe going to the basket and, and try to finish in that way where he can take a step or a couple of steps and dunk it. Get him in the dunker spot. Like Try to maybe simplify the game a little bit, but it's a catch-22 because do you want to simplify the game for him to get him on the floor now, or do you want to try and get him to learn the style of play and maybe the system that he's going to have to be a part of bigger picture if you're going to be a contending team with Steph Clay and Draymond. That's the catch-22, but I do think with a legitimate offseason, probably a summer league at some point, uh, I, I do think that's going to happen this year in Vegas, probably at some point in August. It's typically right around the 4th of July. I think it's going to be more maybe toward mid to late August. Uh, and And Coming back with a true second year, I think Wiseman definitely can do that. Uh, and then as far as the rotation goes, look, uh, I won't belabor this, but Steph plays the first and third quarter completely because Steph likes that. He wants the rhythm of being able to work himself in and know he's going to be out there for the whole quarter to work his game out. So that that's not even really a Kerr thing. That's more of a the superstar player prefers it that way. Uh, and it keeps him rested in the, in the second and fourth quarter so he can finish uh, the quarter uh, and meeting the half and finish the game uh, rested enough to, to be able to knock down shots uh, down the stretch. Jules and Hercules, uh, you get the final word tonight uh, on Warriors wrap-up. What's up, Jules? Hey, what up, J.D.? I was one of those people that uh, 
used to come down Kerr's Road, like on Twitter and stuff like that. And after watching the last few games, I've kind of uh, changed my mind about it. And it's just really like he doesn't have as much talent. Uh, but one criticism that I still do have is just kind of like, well, not even a criticism, but it's like what you said. Like, is there a way to utilize Wiseman without sacrificing the future and kind of like the scheme that they usually use? Um, so that was like originally my question. Do you think that like there's another way we could use him besides posting him up? Because obviously he's 15 pounds or 20 pounds lighter than these centers that are more developed and just more grown. Uh, do you think there's any way that we could use him in another way without jeopardizing our offense? So I'll take your answer off the air. Thanks, J.D. Happy Friday. Yeah, appreciate it, Jules. I, I think it's more pick and roll. I think it's more pick and pop. Man, I mean, he he – he does not look any more comfortable on the court than when he gets a wide open three. And that's been something that's been there from day one. So to me, why not let him shoot a couple of threes a game? Uh, if, if they're good looks, why not run a couple of plays to get him that shot? Uh, if they're good looks, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, but it is, it is tricky. Um, and, and look, I think, you know, physically that's a great point. I mean, he got, he got manhandled by Capella on a on a rebound in the game tonight, and he was dejected about it uh, as well. And so, you know, I think that's that's tough. Uh, he he kind of got down on himself, and the body language isn't great when some of those things happen. So I think that's something that he has to continue to fight through. But he's also going to get stronger, and I think develop more of a post game and be able to handle himself against some of the smaller guys uh, as his career goes on. So that'll do it for me. Uh, I'm John Dickinson. Appreciate you listening here for the last hour on 95.7 The Game. I'm going to be back tomorrow. Quick turnaround for me as I'll be joined by Nick Friedel uh, for Warriors this week uh, at 9 o'clock. We're on 9 a.m. until noon right here on 95.7 The Game talking all things dubs and National Basketball Association. Uh, and then uh, I'll be back as well for the next Warriors broadcast, which is Monday, uh, as the Warriors will take on the Chicago Bulls. 5.30 for Warriors Live. Ryan Covey will be back for that one. Jim Barnett will be alongside uh, as well, uh, as the Warriors are going to try and snap out of this four-game funk with uh, the game against the Chicago Bulls. So thanks for uh, listening. Thanks to Sterling Bennett. Uh, thanks to Ryan Mauser. Thanks to Sam Lubman as well. Uh, I'll be back again tomorrow at 9 o'clock, so keep it locked right here to 95.7 The Game.